0: Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect on a mission to help 10,000 generous businesses double revenue. If you're wanting to grow your business with outbound strategies, especially involving email, you are going to love today's conversation with Nigel Thomas. Get a pen and a notepad and get ready to learn. This is going to be a fantastic episode. You're going to be excited about the ideas that you can put to work right away. Speaking of ideas you can put to work right away, the sponsor for this week's podcast is Selling from the Heart. And Selling from the Heart is kicking off the 2023 Authentic Selling Challenge. The 2023 Authentic Selling Challenge, which you can reach at AuthenticSellingChallenge.com, is going to be five days of inspiration and education to get your sales efforts off to a great start in the new year. We're going to hear from some incredible presenters and thought leaders that are going to coach us on how to bring authenticity into our sales personality, to build trust, drive revenue, and maximize our revenue per client. It's going to be a phenomenal time. Join myself and Larry Levine on the Authentic Selling Challenge, January 9th through 12th. You can join at www.authenticsellingchallenge.com. We're live every day at 12 noon Eastern time. And if you can't come live for a session, go ahead and register anyways. Get the recordings, AuthenticSellingChallenge.com. Well, we are on the doorstep of 2023 as we're recording this. And I know everybody listening in wants to grow their business. And that's why I'm excited to have Nigel Thomas here. Nigel is the CEO of Alpha Inbound, and he is an expert on both inbound and outbound marketing strategies. And today, we're gonna take a close look at outbound marketing. We're gonna break down the exact email strategy that he uses that allows an 80% open rate, 15% response rates, and close rates of 2%. Very impressive. Nigel, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here. Those are some impressive numbers, my friend.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for being here, Daryl. Uh, great introduction, very professional setup. It, it's a pleasure to be here. Like Nothing but set. the best
0: for you, Nigel.
1: <laughs> and by the way, just before we get started, out of interest, you you know how close are you to to the ten thousand number? that Obviously, you speak about introduction. I'm curious.
0: We're getting there. We're about ten percent of the way right now. Wow. So this is uh, we're looking for some ways to track this more in uh, in 2023. But the whole Part behind this is saying, you know what, it's generous business leaders, the, the companies that are creating meaningful work for people, they're giving back to their community and making the world a better place. They need to grow. And when it comes to growth, you know, there's inbound and we're, we're huge fans of inbound around here. I love inbound. However, for everyone that comes swimming by your website and nibbles on that lead magnet, there are plenty yeah. of other companies that need the outcomes that you're enabling. And I think it's important as we move into 2023 to not give up on outbound. And, you know, email is one of those things. that I think there's this temptation for people to go, okay, does email still work? Does it really work? I know it's free and we probably need to do it, but does email still work? And and I would uh, submit that I'm guessing that your answer is going to be, not only does it work, it works really well, and I'm assuming that's if you do it the right way
1: yes it's like most things in life I mean it works if you do it well, it works if you do it properly, it also doesn't work if you don't do it properly, which is what most people do. A quick look at your inbox right now, Daryl. I'm sure <laughs> you'll you'll have the you'll have the evidence to support that and I do just want to put forward that when I'd reached out to you, we were doing more outbound, and we still do do outbound, mm-hmm. but we've also combined that now with an inbound approach. And that was always the idea. And I can speak about how to combine those strategies. Um, but yeah, I think considering what's going to happen, I don't know when this, well, you said this recording got in the next few days, but considering what's going to happen within the next 12 months, well, actually I put myself back 14 to 16 months ago And I was actually in the situation where I was chewed up and spat out by another startup. And Josh was the founder, who's the founder of Alpha Inbound. He was really running this marketing agency as more of a a freelance project, just doing consultant work here and there. And I'd been chewed up and spat out from the startup, like I said, and I really need to get my teeth stuck into something else and be able to trust someone. And I had developed uh, business development experience of building two other agencies prior. So we really had to go at this because we had no reputation, all outbound. So I was really backed up into a corner. I wanted mm. to take on the challenge. So that's why we had to go through the outbound strategy. But with that in mind, I think that's actually going to be really good because in the next 12 months, people will need to, you know, get their hats on, their outbound hats on. They're going to need to be efficient. They're going to need to think outside the box. And I think some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about today, you can definitely take that and include that in your sales approach as obviously you look for the efficiency on those channels, considering what's going to happen with the upcoming recession. And um, So I just mm-hmm. want to paint that picture. Um, yeah. I'm happy to get into what obviously whatever makes sense and go as tactical as we need to go today, Darren
0: yeah i love this um and you're absolutely right when you say that we're in uncertain economic times it's challenging there the r word is out there and i think this is time where we really got to think about um and take a close look at how we're going about doing our business development so i'd love to start tactically and just we teased everybody with this 80 percent open rate so we got to talk about that and then i'd love to circle around to How do we align an inbound and outbound strategy? So let's think tactically 80% open rate uh these days. That sounds um all right. A lot of people listening going, come on, man, really? I know you did it. So how do you how do you get that level of attention in somebody's inbox?
1: Yeah, so you've got the infrastructure, and then after you've got the infrastructure down. It's then about your understanding your ICP, or ideal client profile, and then making sure that you align the message with them uh, through psychology and following through that process. So the infrastructure side of things. Well, look, we're in 2022 going into 2023. If you're not leveraging modern technology now, you need to change your mindset on this. You know, technology is incredible. And there's platforms such as Lemlist, which has a functionality in that system called Lemwarm, which warms up email domains for you. And this allows you to to get into inboxes a lot easier. There's a lot of other steps they take you through, which I'm not going to bore you with the technical details, Mm because with a quick Google search, you can quite quickly find how to set up your email domains to make sure that you have the best chance of getting the inbox regardless of what you write. And we'll get into Mm -hmm. what to write in a second. But the infrastructure is really important. And this is a step which most people really cut the corner on. And with modern technology, you shouldn't do that. The one thing I will say you need to make sure is use, again, depending on the size of your company, but try to use subdomains. Because especially if you're in that startup stage, Uh, And what you want to do is use subdomains so if you do have a problem, how the email domains work is, if they don't like what you're sending out, they'll blacklist you. Now, if this is obviously your main domain, you're speaking to your clients through this domain, that's going to be a serious issue. So use subdomains and then start warming them up with these tools and then get them ready to send out. In term, Just to give you an idea, in terms of the warm-up period, you'd be looking at one to three months to do it properly. And then you can be sending anywhere up to 30 to 50 emails a day. But if you take the strategy I'm going to take you through, you won't need to send much more than that. So, yeah, That's again, one thing I will say is this is mainly for B2B. This mm-hmm. wouldn't work for direct-to-consumer. And our sales, you know, our sales cycles aren't too long. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're a marketing agency that work direct to consumer brands. Most of those direct to consumer brands' revenue is between 5 and $50 million in revenue, to give you an idea of our ICP where we're usually speaking to the owner or the founder or the CMO, director of marketing, the decision maker, really. Um, Mm -hmm. So the sales cycle isn't too long, but I would bear that in mind because obviously, you know, if you're, let's like our contract values are anywhere from, you know, 10 to 100,000s, that's you know it's worth putting this kind of effort into right does that make sense for any business maybe not so take what save a pinch of salt but adapt it obviously to your situation so now I can talk about uh, the list building and obviously the the psychology and what to write if the infrastructure side of it made sense Dar
0: yeah absolutely it does and I just want to pause and put a highlight yeah. on this for all of our listeners um, and this gets really technical. In some ways, but the, the reality is, setting up your email domains correctly is such an important thing that a lot of people overlook. And so, you're sending out emails from your company, but they're just not getting through. And it's because a lot of times that there's something going on in the background. And this is worth your time. It's a, it's annoying. It's a hassle. There's a lot of acronyms. There's, <laughs> but it's worth your time to get a technical person if you don't have a partner that can do that. To engage somebody to get this right so your emails get delivered really 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 critical thing right now with with email security so i love it i love the idea of subdomains um that is a that's a pretty uh, slick idea by the way that i have not heard before so uh yep. we're gonna stop start adopting Learned that, that one here. the hard
1: way by the way daryl
0: yeah, well the the idea of getting, you know, you can get overall blacklisted, but you can also get blacklisted by an individual company and I've had that yep. experience before where you know, you yep. just you couldn't get through the the spam server to communicate with your current exactly. client and then they got to email their IT department and blah 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 so yeah. um a subdomain info.yourcompany.com or or something like that is uh, that's pretty smart.
1: Yeah, 100%. And look, the the idea I think one thing we just need to attack the elephant in the room here is when you hear cold email, most people think like, you know, blast out a templated email to 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. We call it cold email because that's in reality what it is. It's an email to someone you've never spoken to before. But the strategy I'm gonna take you through today, it's not really what you think about with cold emails. So just bear that in mind, it's actually a very personalized approach. And we're not spamming people, but what we are doing is we're setting the infrastructure up correctly so we have the best possible chance to get in that person's inbox. And to attack any myths that people say cold email doesn't work anymore, think about this from a high-level perspective. Four billion people use email. Four billion every single business owner that you talk to will use email pretty much everyone even you know the younger generations they still use email you can get most of their emails if you use you know tools like apollo and whatever else to scrape their information Mm -hmm. and of course you have to be smart gdpr and you know stick by the policies yep but having said that if you can't get the attention out of 4 billion people, then you're doing something seriously wrong. And actually, the real reason is is because you're not approaching it right. You're not being personalized enough and you're not really understanding how... How to do it in this day and age, and to adapt to the new approaches. So that's what I'll say to anyone: say it doesn't cold email doesn't work anymore. Darrell,
0: you know, I'm just having an aha moment here, Nigel. Of in some ways, your email open rate is the ultimate litmus test in terms of whether your message is resonating with anybody or whether it's just marketing mush, right? And this is, um, you know, we can all. There, there's two ways to go with this nobody's opening email this is like the sales rep nobody's answering the phone anymore well yes they are mm-hmm. and um you know and, and the reality is are you do you have a message that actually resonates with the outcomes and, and the obstacles yeah. to those outcomes that your clients prospects have if so you're going to get through the filter but if you don't don't blame it on people not checking email uh, don't blame it on, on spam filters, blame it on the message. Um, and if you've got a good message that's I'm assuming personalized, which we'll talk about, um, that that message has a a good shot of getting through. So yeah, keep going. Let's walk us through this, this, uh, this strategy that, that worked so well for you.
1: Yeah. So in terms of the next size thing, and again, I'm not sure exactly how big the teams are and the people listening to this podcast, but if you're looking from a management's Uh, perspective to deploy resources across your sales and marketing team where I would look to deploy resource which most people don't is in the list building side of it so of course you should already have a very strong feedback loop between your you know your account management team and your marketing team you need Mm -hmm. to keep getting those insights from the customers so you understand it better better than all of your competition so you understand obviously the buying signals and the market So you can start to to understand who's ready and who to reach out to. But more importantly, the language of your customers, because this is what's going to be critical, not only for finding the right decision makers, because, again, for us, it it is the, the CEOs, the founders, the CMOs that's probably not going to be the same for you. Do you know who the person you need to reach out to who the champion is of that company? That's going to be able to, you know, accelerate that process because if you're reaching out to the founder of a, you know, a nine figure company, probably that's going to be the wrong person. You're going to be wasting your time. So then, you know, this is a complete waste of resource. So you need to understand that. You need to understand the language. You also need to make sure you're of course, building the list correctly. So once you've got the understanding of the decision maker is once you've got the understanding of who your ideal customer is that exact target market, then you can go out list building. So you need to make sure you never buy list. I say never buy if you're using zoom info, you can do it potentially if you're using the right tools, it's gonna to be very expensive. But if you're on more of a budget, i would recommend list building manually, either You do it yourself or have one of your leaders and your team do it yourself. And then obviously SOP this process, standard Mm -hmm. operating procedure. That's what we did. But really finding out their email from, let's just say, one of the tool, like, for example, Apollo's a good option. There's a few different ones out there. You then want to ideally find out their social channels. LinkedIn is probably going to be the best because it's, you know, people are more open to, to B2B. Again, if the message isn't spamming, it resonates. And then, of course, you want to find out their website and all the background information around the buying signals of your market. Build the list once, build it properly. That's what I'd recommend. Have a test list of about 250 to 300 people. And then at that stage, you'd be ready to do one of the first tests in terms of, you know, like a a, a sequence. So. That's maybe you've got some questions around that because that'll be the next step in the process. Really understanding your customer and building the list around, you know, that information. I think this is actually the biggest part that most people skip. You know, they buy the list or they extract some data and then they start blasting it through the technology. And they get terrible outputs. And as everyone knows in the SaaS world and in tech products, Daryl, you know, if you have garbage in, garbage out. If you have terrible inputs, why do you think that your outputs are going to be any better? If you have great inputs, you know, 80% open rates probably going to be achievable for the output. Focus mm-hmm. more on the inputs instead of just, and the outputs will take care of themselves. And I think with cold email especially, we need to focus more on the inputs because that's the, the part that most people, they they just don't understand why it's so low and it's terrible and there's no feedback and it's, you know, it's crickets. But then you actually look at their inputs, they're just buying the same lists that all the other companies in the B2B space are buying. Right.
0: Yeah. And this is where I, I couldn't agree more. And I think this is where, you know, there's one, one way to allocate dollars to buying lists. There's another way to allocate dollars to building them. Yeah. Um, if that, you know, and that involves getting a virtual assistant service in or someone that you can really put to work to make sure that data is clean and aligns with your ideal client. I couldn't agree more on this. And I think you're absolutely spot on that a lot of companies just miss it. They go, let's got the list. Let's start, you know, let's start blasting it. That's not how it works. Um, I really think that's solid advice. All right, let's keep rolling. This is a great, great conversation, Nigel.
1: But don't think that you can just hire a virtual assistant and they can just take care of it all. Right. Remember that you're they're only going to be as good as your processes. So you have to have really someone with leadership, someone who understands your customer properly to at least do it for the first time, like try and build Mm -hmm. that list to two, 300 people, Mm -hmm. you know, SOP document that process and then sure outsource it, but you really want to make sure the standards are there because again, I've seen this so many times when people take it in house but actually, all they're doing is they're outsourcing, get overseas, and then yeah. the, the outputs are just as bad. So you might as well just bought the list in the first place.
0: Mm, great advice. Great advice. Solid. So
1: yeah, when the, then obviously, you can transition to the, to the next part. Now, for us, and this is just me in general, my personality and the people I work with, we like to have some fun. And I think one of the best ways that you can stand out in someone's inbox is just by making them laugh because sure, you know, we get more emails now we get more text messages. We get more everything We, you know, it's information overload, but we didn't lose our sense of humor as human mm-hmm. beings. Mm-hmm. If you can put a smile on someone's face, that will go a really long way. Now, obviously that's going to be different for different markets. So let's actually have some context here because we're, you know, we're trying to book meetings. We're trying to drive revenue from this channel. And so you need to have the other important things, You know, like um, Dini's thingy Principles of Persuasion. If you don't know that book, Influence, that'd be a great one to check out for cold email. You know, he talks about social proof consistency. We can feed that back into the marketing initiatives uh, because I've got some good ideas there that work with this outbound strategy. But essentially, once you have that targeted list, ideally it's a one industry, one vertical. And I'm going to run you through the example that we used. So we work with direct-to-consumer brands that sell physical products, and we help them find more customers through social media. We use our platforms such as Facebook and TikTok um, to find these customers. And one of the verticals that we work with is CBD brands. So it's actually really hard for CBD brands because of all the compliance issues mm-hmm. to you know, go live on these platforms to give you an idea. But I knew at the time of year, it's a, it's a period in that time of year. It's called 420, which um, for anyone who knows anything about the cannabis industry, it's, it's a big time of year. You'll know what I'm talking about. And essentially, most of these CBD brands, they weren't, you know, CBD is different to cannabis, it's a different product, but they'll know about that. So it's, it's very tailored. It's at that time of year. And the first line of the first email, and we'll talk about the follow-ups in a second, but basically said something along the lines, because Elon Musk, and I know it's kind of going south a little bit at the time (laughs) recording, (laughs) um, but Elon Musk was just about to buy Twitter. So he said, trust you're enjoying 420 like the new Twitter owner. And then it had a gif of Elon Musk smoking weed on the Joe Rogan podcast. So the first thing we've done, and the subject line was... I think it, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something personalised to them. Something that they then understand. It was either that or a quick question. One of of them. Anyway, so now we've got them immediately to laugh. We've got their attention. That's the idea. Get their attention. Just something to make them laugh. Something that's going to be relative to that, to their industry. Again, it all comes back to understanding your market. Then Mm -hmm. transition straight away into... I think a question about their compliance, which is very relative to their market, and then straight into a case study about a brand that everyone would have known in that space. We got some great results for a big CBD brand on the Mm -hmm. the Facebook marketing side of things. And we talked about the pain points that we'd solved. For example, you know, the fact that their ad account had been banned and the steps that we'd taken, you know, to get this back up. Mm -hmm. All in all, though, it was a very short email. And another thing is, it's honestly 50% of cold email is presentation. If you think, and most people don't, about the psychology of how people read their emails, most people are reading them when they're on the train or when they're Mm -hmm. in the bathroom in between meetings on their phone. So Mm -hmm. you need to make sure it's optimized for your phone. Look at the emails before you send them out. This is a a big thing. It sounds so simple, but most people don't do it. Send it to yourself. Look at it on desktop, but most importantly, look at it on mobile. Space it out. Use bullet points. The rule of three always seems to work best. Apparently, psychologically, it's better. Yep. But for example, this case that we broke it out into three short bullet points, and then the next line, which again, gong, gong, like the big sales platform. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of research on this. I'm sure you're well aware, Daryl. And um, but instead of asking for a call, because everyone's asking for everyone's time. Do an interest-based call to action, so something along the lines: Would you like to learn more about our process? Or something that's that's a less intrusive, and you just you're asking for their interest, and that's how you sign it off. Now, of course, you know the money's in the follow-up, as we know from the sales side of things. I would recommend doing probably about four follow-ups over the course of probably two weeks. And we can talk about, you know, multi-platform touch points in a second. But you probably want to have five emails Mm all together within the space of two weeks. And then what you talk about in the follow-ups, you could use ideally other case studies of relevant clients to that specific industry, talking about other pain points, which you know that they'll be experiencing. You can maybe talk about maybe a podcast that you're on for example this podcast or something else Um, Mm and something which has a little bit more social proof and can develop a little bit more trust or point them to a piece of content but not just i hear this all the time you know send them a blog article which they'll find interesting you know what i'm just gonna be honest that isn't enough these days you need to either i don't know maybe you can do something for free for them to to show them that you're interested but Try and just do more than everyone else, and try and don't you know, as well as you can just do the the quick follow, which is bumping this up your inbox. That's what everyone else is going to be doing. So try and do something more, and and just try and think personalized, and try and add some human way you can. So I've just been kind of talking about a lot of awesome stuff there, and maybe you have some questions, but that's the <laughs> the general approaches and the last thing i'll say is most people think that images massively impact deliverability it's actually a myth Len list did a load of studies on it Hmm. if you have attachments that that will affect it and Mm -hmm. videos can and lots of links Mm -hmm. but actually images themselves don't so what you can do is you can have images where you know for example i'm sure a lot of people have seen this where you have like a coffee mug and you've got the person's name on it and you invite them for a coffee Actually, a really smart strategy was one of someone in our team asked the owners or no, asked other people in the companies we were trying to reach out to for the owner's favorite coffee. We then found out what that coffee was and we then then sent them an email with me holding up a Starbucks mug. And then we told them what their favorite coffee was and then said invited you for this coffee blah 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 and the fact we've done that level of research you know that got really that's cool. responses. things that's- like that so i'd look to try and include images again think about it on your phone if you received an email with a personalized image It's just immediately, it's probably going to be the most personalized email you're going to see that month. So regardless of what comes next, you're now one up on every single other, you know, B2B company that's sending out emails to this person's inbox. Now you've got a massive amount of leverage. And then, of course, you need to build back to the marketing and sales principles, you know, your social proofing. And of course, being relevant to the pain points of that person and then try and get them to see if they're interested, where you can take them to the next step of your sales process. Obviously, usually that's going to be some sort of a discovery call.
0: I love it. Incredibly and intensely practical, all of this. I told told everyone listening in the beginning, you're going to want to pin a notepad because there. this has been packed with practical ideas. Nigel, uh, we'll have to come back and talk about inbound and outbound alignment at some point yeah. in the new year. But I'm curious, how can people get more Nigel Thomas in their life?
1: Yeah, for sure. So on LinkedIn, I talk, talk a lot about marketing, digital marketing. So if you just Google Nigel Thomas, Alpha Inbound, I should be one of the first searches. I post content every single day on LinkedIn. And also if you head over to alphainbound.com, then you'll be able to see more about our services, who we help, and yeah, just feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm always sure, you know, e-commerce is where I specialise in most direct to consumer, but I'm always willing to have a conversation with other markets. I can learn a lot as I'm learning a lot from Daryl here and other conversations today from other entrepreneurs, and I love having those kind of conversations. By the way, my last bit of advice: and um, time recording to use with your outbound strategy is look at linkedin ads but don't use it as a nurturing strategy so push people to your website this is a big a big opportunity right now because they're quite cheap so yeah. i definitely recommend looking at linkedin ads as part of your outbound slash inbound strategy and use it to nurture especially if you have big b2b you know relationships use it to nurture people show them case studies and push them to your website we're starting to include this more in our, you know, marketing strategy. And I think this is a great thing that you should be checking out in 2023.
0: I love it. Well, Nigel, thank you so much for sharing time with us today. This has been super, super helpful.
1: Appreciate the opportunity, Daryl. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. And wishing everyone the best of 2023.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, and I'll just extend that happy new year to everybody listening in as well. If you pick this up after January 1, if we're in the middle of the holidays right now, so happy holidays as well. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to everybody that is in the Revenue Growth Podcast audience that is pushing, practically working to grow revenue, cooperating sales and marketing, working together to drive growth. What you're doing right now is good work. It's important work, especially as we head into a year of, you know, let's just say uncertainty in all of this. The work that you're doing matters. It's meaningful. And I hope you found ideas here today that are going to help you as you help your company grow here in the next, uh, in the 12 months and beyond to come. We've got a lot of exciting things ahead in the new year. There are some exciting new announcements coming out from revenue growth engine. I can't wait to share them with you. So make sure to do this like, or subscribe in the platform on which you listen. If you'd be so kind as to share this and leave a review, I would very much appreciate it as we grow this movement to help 10,000 generous businesses, double revenue so we can create meaningful work and give back to the community. It's all possible when companies grow revenue. So have a happy holiday, happy new year to everyone and until next time, let's get going and let's get growing. Would you like to get complimentary access to the revenue growth engine audiobook? Just text the word revenue to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com/book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact text the word revenue to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com/book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.